Welcome to episode 220 of the Digital Tourism Show. In this episode, I have the absolute pleasure of speaking with Deborah Machen of East Cambus Moon Holiday Cottages, which are situated on the banks of Loch Lomond here in Scotland. Now, Deborah will be discussing how she has grown her business to become a successful accommodation business, but with sustainability in mind. So if you are interested in sustainability and are looking to grow that part of your business, this is an episode you do not want to miss. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Um, so I, I'm going to just come out and ask, what, tell us about how you got first started in the business and why, why you decided to start up, a, start up the cottages. Um, one of the folks I was chatting to just now is saying, how long have you been in hospitality? And I've only been in hospitality as long as I've had the cottages. My background is a professional <coughs> chartered surveyor. I'm a planning and development specialist. I've got a lot of background in commercial property development and also um, in renewable energy projects. So my husband and I still have a renewable energy company. And uh, in terms of the cottages, in 2006, we bought a four-acre farmsteading in Gartahan, south side of Loch Lomond. And we wanted to build a house. So we demolished the existing farmhouse, which was pretty derelict anyway, and uh, built our house. But it was neat. But it was an eco house. I find eco a funny old word, actually. It's sort of environmentally conscious building is what we were doing. But we worked hard with an architect and building team. And what we created for us, for our family, was a house that is warm the whole year round, really low running costs in terms of energy, comfortable, huge big windows, very light, and uh, fitted with a landscape. And then a few years later, after we recovered from that, because we did the living in a static caravan, grand designs thing, through a hard winter, I will never, ever have a caravan holiday, ever, <laughs> ever. Um, but we had some very tired farm buildings, some red sandstone and blockwork farm buildings. And we spoke to the planning authority, National Park. We worked with the same architects, same builders, and created two holiday cottages. So one's two-bedroom, one's four-bedroom. And what we wanted to create was really the sort of place that we as a family would like to stay in. So the environmental credentials were really important, but actually, fundamentally, it had to be a comfortable, warm, smart place to stay. So that's really how I got into being a holiday cottage yeah. owner. And that was seven years, seven and a half years ago, we started trading. Wow, excellent. So, yeah. Well, don't forget to pass it up to years, that's great. <laughs> so you mentioned there about um, the owner of an energy company, and you, 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 you are the owner of Lo uh, Loman Energy, mm -hmm. and you're also a board member on the Love Loch Lomond uh, board. Yep. So you always have a passion for both Loch Lomond and green, mm -hmm. uh, sort of green tourism. So, um, so the, with uh, over tourism being such a hot topic right, uh, right now, how do you see Scotland's role in developing uh, and making tourism more eco-friendly going forward? How, mm. how do you see our role in it? Over tourism is a really mm. funny word, actually, mm. because, you know, it's used widely, but it can mean so many things. And actually, sometimes it's about management yeah. of hotspots. And one of the things we can all do as businesses and individuals is look beyond those hotspots. So at the end of June, I had a holiday in Skye with the family. 
folks. And a few people went, oh, you're not going to Sky, are you? Oh, it's busy, it's over tourists. And we rented a cottage. I did book a couple of restaurants a long time ahead, because I knew they would be over, over busy, they would be booked up. But we didn't go to the fairy pools. We drove past the fairy pools. We stopped, we walked, we had fantastic days out without ever feeling that Skye was mobbed. Mm -hmm. Skye's the second largest island in the UK. Everyone has an individual responsibility to actually step beyond top 10 places on TripAdvisor, Instagram, wherever, and go and explore, you know, explore beyond the car park. Um, and in Scotland, we actually, you know, there's a lot of really good stuff happening in terms of climate change agenda. It's one of the most assertive countries in the world in terms of setting targets and looking at how those targets can be delivered. Um, we've got electric vehicle charging points at our cottages. Scotland's really well placed, um, is, is doing a really good job of having EV charging points around the whole country. There's more to be done, but actually it's doing a good job. And I think what we need to do is tell the story of that some more. Um, so yeah, ecotourism, environmentalism, let Scotland be a place that shines for its natural and cultural mm -hmm. heritage. But, you know, we maybe need to just move people away from the hotspots a wee bit. Near us, there's Devil's Pulpit. Um, great place. Love it. Great place. Mm -hmm. um, it is atmospheric. How much, how many people do you want to share that atmosphere with? Mm -hmm. Because actually you don't want 50 people in your shot. You want it to be you, the scenery, your shot. It's not the easiest place to get to either. No, <laughs> and that's again individual responsibility. Yeah. So mountain rescue are probably down there once a week at the moment because <laughs> you know in wet weather it's very slippy, people will be going in flip-flops, whatever. You know that is an over-tourism mm -hmm. thing but we all need to talk individually about what we're doing, how we're traveling, decisions we're making yeah. about where to go, what to see. And it's not a case of avoiding all those headline grabbers, but maybe, you know, as a, as a tourism pro, uh, accommodation provider, it's pointing out that coffee shop, you know, stop, let's have some more slow tourism and, mm -hmm. and yes, absorb more of the places yeah. that we have got mm -hmm. and just explore beyond the headlines, I think. Yeah. No, I can't agree more. But actually, uh, last month, when we spoke to uh, Andy from Open Road, uh, for anyone who was here, um, he's looking to bring on uh, electric camper vans. Yeah. But obviously a lot of people want to do the North Coast 500 and there isn't a, the, the charging points haven't got quite there yet uh, in terms of uh, along that route, but he's, he's seen a big improvement in that. So There are um, quite yeah. a few along uh, NC 500, mm. but people who aren't used to EVs probably mm. need to be confident that it works for them. Yeah. I drive an electric car, I wouldn't go back to anything else mm -hmm. because... You know, once you've done that, once you've sussed mm -hmm. how and when to charge, most people charge overnight. So our cottages, our guests who come with EVs, which is about 10 to 20% of our guests now, um, love the fact that they can go out all day, come back, plug in, charge, ready to go again in the morning. Um, you know, that's what people mm -hmm. want, yeah. I think.
Excellent. I've already decided myself my next car is going to be an electric one, so we do that. So East Campus Moon, uh, well done, you got a gold star in yep. uh, green tourism, which, to be honest with your background, shouldn't be a, no. <laughs> shouldn't be a surprise for anyone. Um, but for anyone here or any of our listeners or viewers on the video um, are looking to change their business to become more um, eco-friendly, I don't like using that term, but eco-friendly, what steps should they start to take? What advice can you give them to set them on that journey? Do you know, there's heaps of advice out there. So actually what we all need to do is start change one habit. So whether you're an um, office-based tourism agency like you guys or a tour operator or an accommodation provider, look at what you're buying. So whether that's energy, you know, choose a green energy supply. There's heaps of them around now. Years ago, it used to be called alternative energy. And it's not. It's mainstream. You know, renewable energy is mainstream. Um, so choose your energy provider. If you are doing building works, make choices about insulation, solar panels, or heating systems, do all of that. And the other great thing for anyone is look at your purchasing. So how, what, and where you buy from. So whether it's milk for your office or um, paper or loo rolls, exciting loo rolls. You know, in, in Glasgow, we've got Green City Whole Foods. Now, I don't buy very much food because it's we're self-catering, but all those consumables like cleaning materials, you know, Green City Whole Foods, the workers' cooperative, if I buy from them, it sort of benefits the whole circular economy, long-term sustainability for their business, for mine, and they have great integrity, so they've already selected um, products that, you know, comply or uh, meet sort of good environmental and ethical standards, so do that sort of thing. Um, I think eco should actually be everyone's normal. You know, in Glasgow, well, in Glasgow, in Scotland, we have best tap water in the world, pretty much. Um, so why would anyone buy a plastic bottle of water? That does annoy me, um, to be honest. <laughs> well, do you know, this morning I looked, because uh, I haven't looked at it before, there's an app called Refill, um, and any business can put their details on there. But if you look at Refill app and you've got your empty bottle of water or flask or whatever, you can go to any of these places and get a refill. Scottish Water have now put, if I call them standpipes, that sounds a bit elementary, but water refill stations on Buchanan Street and other parts of the mm -hmm. city as well. So actually we should be telling people to do that. There shouldn't ever be a, re a need to buy <coughs> plastic yeah. bottle. So it's those things, you know, just go tomorrow, look at something and change the way you've bought it or what you've bought or how you do it, whether it's energy, water supply, anything that might, everything we do has an impact. Mm -hmm. So look broadly, I'd yeah. say. Excellent. And I think actually, sorry, uh, Green Tourism has good info on their website, Energy Savings Trust, uh, Waste Scotland, lots of information mm -hmm. out there. Brilliant. Well, um, before I go to my, my last question before the audience, um, obviously you've, you've you said you've run the business for seven years. Have you not thought about opening up another one anywhere, anywhere else? Some people tend to get itchy feet running about that sort of time. And yeah, um, in terms of my itchy mm. feet, I am still working as a surveyor for mm. a renewable energy company. So the cottages business is sort of, I think I'm doing 50-50 in both. Um, I actually want to do more travelling <laughs> and less <laughs> business opening. <laughs> So at the moment, no. Um, I actually am really, I really love our business and what we're doing and the people we meet. Um, we're open all year round. We get a real mix of people, which is lovely. But um, 
I don't think I personally want to manage more. Mm -hmm. I think I want to Happy explore yeah. more. Yeah. Rent an EV camper van and tootle off. Yeah. <laughs> That's what Sounds I nice. like to Sounds do. Nice. Yeah. Um, so obviously, before I hand over to the audience, um, one of the last questions I always like to ask uh, is something to aid the audience here. So if there's anyone here looking to start up an accommodation business, um, what is the one piece of advice that you would give them to help them start their journey? You know, it's, it's, you've been through it all, you've seen the pitfalls, yeah. you've seen the, the challenges, etc. Is there one piece of advice you would tell them that they need to, they want to start that journey? I think for anybody, whether it's a, a bed sit or a big <laughs> house that you're renting, just decide what you want to do, how much work you want to do. So you could actually farm out the whole of the marketing, et cetera, to a, an agency, or you could do as we do it all ourselves. And I much prefer that. Mm -hmm. But the other thing I would say is just think carefully about your price. Do not sell yourself too short. I think OTAs are obviously massively popular, mm -hmm. but it's a wee bit of a race to the bottom. Um, and you know, you might be able to fill more weeks or days or nights over the course of a year. But if actually you're constantly dropping your price to achieve that, you've got to think about your business sustainability, your financial sustainability. And I think sometimes people uh, don't treat it enough as a business. Mm -hmm. It might not suit people, but yeah. that's my mm -hmm. advice. Be careful of yeah. the, the race to can, the bottom. Yeah, I can't agree more. No, any, we, we, um, me and my family book a lot of like cottages and things like that as well. You have to have a hot tub. My wife and my kids always have to have a hot tub. Whatever that be. <laughs> but uh, anytime we pick up, we don't always go for the cheapest, but we go for what actually just looks nice. It has, we do look at the eco side of it, saying, no, does it have this eco hot tubs, all that sort of stuff. And we, we tend to go for that side of things. So yeah, don't keep it in price. That's what I mentioned. I think um, you've got to decide what you want on, mm -hmm. on holiday. For me, it definitely isn't about the lowest price because actually it's a particular standard of accommodation. It might be a location. It might be the facilities, but, um, you know, yeah. you sometimes get what you pay for. Yeah, oh, too true. Mm. Does anyone have any questions for Deborah? They want to wait and raise their hands. And Jessica will come running around. Then we go. Thank you, Jessica. Running? Okay, no, no running. No running. <laughs> Hello there. You mentioned earlier on the occupancy. Yeah. Out the 12 months period of the year, what would your occupancy roughly be? Percentage. I think we are fairly uh, average for Scotland, I think. We're around the 60% mark. The one thing I would say about that, though, is that actually we get an awful lot of short bookings. And in terms of turnover or, you know, income, um, the shorter bookings have a higher price per night than perhaps a seven-night booking. So actually, I when talking about occupancy because actually um, our turnover and our finances are very good. Now, do you see a lot of repeat business? Yeah, yeah. Which very is, much so. Which is obviously Love a that. positive. Yeah, and sometimes, absolutely. you know, we might get some people come twice in a year. We get certain people that come once a year. And then maybe it'll be someone's... I had one chappy, he'd been on Stag Weekend, came back two years later with his family. So it's sort of not always the whole package of people. But again, we've got folks coming next month mm -hmm. who've been three times before. And I love that. I really yeah, love absolutely. that. Yeah, absolutely. Not just from a business point yeah. of view, yeah. from a personal point of yeah, view. Yeah, Fenifact just came in so well. They love your place. So now yeah. It's obviously place. satisfying, isn't it, when you get the repeat business yeah. because you're absolutely. certainly doing something right. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you. Any more questions from Gemma? Yep. Amanda? 
And so talking about repeat business, do you have more domestic tourists than international tourists? And do you think that's because you're not in one of these hot spots that's attracting such over-tourism as we were discussing? That's really um, good and relevant and everything. Um, I mainly get more domestic tourists. And I would love more international tourists because all the international tourists we've had have been wonderful, interesting people. I find their travel pattern differently, different. So I had a family from India who just stayed on one day. They went to Ben Nevis, one to Edinburgh, one to Cairngorm, one to Ayrshire, one to Loch Lomond, rather than just, you know, a domestic visitor might spend more of their time just around Loch Lomond and the Trossachs. Um, Isaacs were not in one of the hotspots. Maybe, maybe not. I think from a Love Loch Lomond perspective, as a destination management organization, I think it's really important going forward that we create and emphasize the qualities of the destination because it is Scotland's first national park. Its proximity to Glasgow and Edinburgh is terrific. Maybe that's the disadvantage if someone's come to Edinburgh, they're then hoofing it up to the Isle of Skye. But, you know, Loch Lomond's got a lot to offer. So I think, you know, it's really important we make the destination marketing work well and reach the right people. Yep, question. Um, hello. Um, I have come with a, a hat on. I work with a company two days a week, free to book, and they're the online software that you yourself yep. um, use. And one of the things that all the accommodation providers who use that software, it's that constant struggle, the battle between using the OTAs, direct bookings. So I just wondered if you had any thoughts, comments, what's worked for you, you know, and is it a battle for you and are you winning the war? What, what are you doing? What tactics are you using to try and help with those direct bookings? Um, I can't remember the percentage, but most of our bookings are direct. Some people, lovely people, see us on, say, TripAdvisor, and rather than book, go and find us and book direct. Yay. Some people don't mind. <laughs> Some people don't mind paying the commissions and whatnot that OTAs um, present to them. But I am only on two, and one is an experiment. Uh, you know, I just thought I'd try one of the cottages on one of the OTAs. And I'm not that excited by its performance. So actually for me, direct bookings, key websites, but not OTAs, um, key websites where I'm trying to get to my target audiences. Mm -hmm. You know, I really am a big fan of families, three generation groups, very happy to have stag and hen weekends. It has worked well for us. Um, and I think, uh, you, you know, we're very disabled accessible as well. So I think, um, you know, that's an important area for us. But I think we are winning the battle. I think there is always the need as a business owner to check, refresh, look at your website, check things are going okay, working okay. Um, but I think, I think sometimes, yeah, I think it's important to look at them, but hopefully be successful in other ways. I think on that actually, I think you know, I know I do this and I know many other people do it through the research we've done, but people will go into Airbnb, they'll go into these other places, but then they'll go off to see if they can find an actual website for that business, because some yeah. things might be cheaper or whatever that would be, or can get better deals or whatever, but just to have a look at a proper look at the mm -hmm. place as well. So 
customers are getting more savvy all these days. Yes. Like a lot of places, our best prices mm -hmm. are for booking direct mm -hmm. yeah. um, because I don't want to pay someone else's commission. So, yeah. um, but a lot of a lot of um, folks aren't aware mm -hmm. that the OTAs charge commissions. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Any other questions? I was just going to say that today a Canadian uh, traveller said to me that he spotted a change on TripAdvisor in that they were now seem to be more of a OTA than a, a sort of free and fair reference point for. Don't get me started on TripAdvisor. <laughs> <laughs> or, uh, that, that's, and that's someone not involved in the mm -hmm. tourist industry, except as a, a tourist. So I was quite mm -hmm. pleasantly surprised to hear that. Mm -hmm. I think as more people become aware of that, they'll do exactly what you're. TripAdvisor is no longer a, a it used to be a place you can go and see and see reviews and everything else and you know those reviews were, were real, they were ranked in a certain order. Now it's all whoever pays more if you're using a different booking platform. It's no longer the platform it used to be, in my opinion. But yeah, I, 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 I could speak all day about this. <laughs> <still don't. laughs> I think it, isn't, it, it is no longer the platform mm -hmm. it used to be. For me, I do still have people looking at our reviews um, and they might have found me direct or just, you know, Googling or whatever. And then they'll look at the cost, you think that's great. Then they might look at TripAdvisor for reviews. What amazed me seven and a half years ago when I set up was that you had to pay to be on it. You know, this was my naivety as a traveller and a customer and whatnot, that actually accommodation providers had, to, well, self-catering had to advertise with holiday lettings who were owned by TripAdvisor in order to get reviews on there. And, uh, you know, I had a lot to learn at that point. <laughs> but, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think it's interesting that your traveller has observed a difference as mm -hmm. a customer, as a consumer. That was really interesting. Yeah. yeah. Yep, Jessica's got a question or so. I do have a question. Um, I was wondering with the eco-travel uh, or um, other variant terms, um, how much of that plays a part in your sales techniques and do you actually attribute a lot of your sales coming directly um, because of the eco side or are they more just uh, general and that's an added bonus so it's a secondary reason that someone might have booked with you? Um, for most people it is not the primary reason. For some people it is. We've had people come and stay because they want to build their own house. They're interested in our backstory. Uh, the technologies, you know, it's, they're not high-tech houses in many respects, but they've got ground source heat pump, mechanical heat recovery. They are self-sustaining. We generate over 70% of our own electricity on site. It used to be, no, it used to be nearly 100%, but then we put EV chargers in and got an electric car. <laughs> so it's still fantastic, but, you know, it's about 70% over the course of the year. Mm -hmm. It's predominantly solar. We're in the central, central Scotland. You know, it's a lot of things that people are interested in and come and talk about. But, you know, first and foremost, people are booking Loch Lomond as a location. They're booking a high standard of accommodation. I think those are the two headliners. European visitors expect a high standard environmental uh, approach. Um, others don't. But at the end of the day, we can demonstrate if you're sitting in our cottage in the middle of winter, you will never get cold, ever. It doesn't happen. So at that point, people go home and go, oh, that ground source heat pump stuff, that really works. So, you know, we're, 
not preaching, but we are promoting that it does what it says on the tin. This works. Uh, you won't suddenly be cold because it's an eco house. So a bit of both, really. I think people like the message, but first and foremost, it's the location. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Any last questions? Mm -hmm. uh, if someone wanted to uh, book from you, where's, what would be the best website to go to? LochLomondHolidayCottage.com. Thank you. you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've, on that, about people just going to sort of see, like, my wife's an architect, so we're already ah. planning to book up. So yeah, she, she wants to come along. Don't tell her we also. haven't got any hot tubs. That's okay, that's all right. See, but I'm not bothered, it's them. We've got sheep, hens, bees, oh, lots of stuff that. for yeah, the yeah, kids. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no hot tubs. That's it. <laughs> we'll take a paddling pool with me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Loch Lomond's just down the hill. Yeah, just go jump in up. Yeah, maybe a bit cold. There we go. Um, but no, I can't thank you enough. Um, thank you, Chris. Absolutely, absolutely interesting. No, no problem at all. Can everybody please give a warm thank you? Sure. <laughs>